In the far future, faster-than-light travel is possible via portals called stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the crew is tasked by the Saffron Anox, an extra-dimensional trade lord headquartered on Rigamont A, with looking into the activities of Zeshtino Novell, high-level factor for the co who has, he says, been delaying his paperwork. After some escapades on the Snake Man mall planet Narcosa, they crash land on Kakudun, the politically tense single continent world which Zeshtino calls home. They road trip to the central region, the Jash, and its largest city, No Laster. There, they find Novelle dead in her apartment. Venus decides to reweave travel back in time to learn the identity of the murderer. Two days earlier, he sees Zeshtino menaced by her apparent colleague, a Mulrook man she calls Boo. And try as he might to resist the temptation, he cannot. Venos intervenes, springing from his hiding place, and kills Boo with a shotgun blast to the back. We join the rest of the team now, two days in Venos's future, in Zeshtino's apartment, in front of her dead body, just as he begins his reweave. Beta. As you are watching Venos, waiting for him to disappear, the surroundings around you, the color from them starts to drain. And it sort of starts to become metallic. Uh, and the surface of everything begins to shimmer as though it's slightly liquidy. Everything becomes fluid, kind of bulbous, like like it's kind of sagging and growing under the weight of its own contents. So like, you know, the shelves in the bookshelf kind of start to sag but so do the books and they grow and they get kind of they sort of start to look like almost balloons filled with water or something like there's some weird imperceptible membrane that's holding everything in shape uh, as it expands and starts to fill with liquid and as it all sags it also all starts to congeal and become one big undifferentiated mass all the colors are leaking into one another you can see where all of Zeshtino Novell's dresses were kind of start to bleed into the posters that were on the wall and all the books start to bleed together into this weird brown mass. And then it all kind of forms together and the colors just fade. And you're looking at this dull, infinite, semi-reflective gray. You recognize this surface from when you were underground at Zenthra. You then feel, for a moment, like you often do in a dream, 
like you're falling, but you catch yourself immediately. The gray goo becomes perfectly reflective, like you're looking at a mirror again. And you see yourself as you did when you were underground in Zenthra. Except instead of facing yourself like a mirror, you're looking at your own back. You and your reflection are facing in the same direction. And instead of an infinite hazy gray plane, like what you saw when you did the quartering, you can see that you are, or your avatar, your reflection is in a room on spindle. You hear the hiss of the air circulators in spindle. You hear the rumble of the power system. You can feel the floor is rough underneath as the floors on spindle all are. You can see to your right, a long moss wall. The room is big. There's a set of freestanding bookshelves to your left. And the far wall is covered in mechanical clocks. There are dozens of them in various sizes. They're all set to the same time. They're all ticking along happily. Towards the right of that wall, there's a small desk with tools and several disassembled timepieces. Next to it, closer to you, a set of shelves covered in small diorama. And under those shelves, a similarly sized bench of tools. You can see tiny figures of a man and a woman. They stand on a small bridge overlooking a small pond. You see yourself seeing these things. You are not looking at these things yourself. It's almost like you are looking through the eyes of yourself, almost like what we might describe as like, it's almost like virtual reality. You feel like you can control this avatar of yourself. Like you can ask it to do things. You can speak as or through it, however you would like to imagine it. Sort of like you're playing a game of, of life that you are one step removed from. What do you do? I look over to my left where the dioramas are and I get a closer look. What are these dioramas of? They are all scenes from romantic comedies. So uh, whatever you have spent your time working on in Spin, it's here. Uh, I'm not well versed enough in romantic comedies to be able to pull scenes <laughs> like right from memory. It's There's... gotta be. It's it's gonna be people meeting with friends out of airport gates from the beginning and end, yeah. end of Love Actually. Yeah. It's gonna be John the space. And... Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's John Cusack and I forget her name, uh, both going for the gloves at the same time at Bloomingdale's. There's the the, the Space Needle Rendezvous with Meg Ryan yeah. and Tom Hanks. Yes. And again, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks in Central Park with a golden retriever on a bridge. There's, yeah. the, tra there's the train scene from uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. There's the deli scene from When Harry Met Sally. Yes, Katz's yeah. Deli. So yes. you go. That's yeah. They're all they're all here. Uh, some of the dresses from Twenty Seven Dresses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Was it Twenty Seven? A couple. A couple of the that dates from Fifty First Dates. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. oh, that one. That one's a. Oh, that one I didn't like. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you recognize that they are all definitely your work. And then she turns over to the 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 moss wall. Yeah. And then she's like putting the pieces together of where she is and her stuff being there. And then she goes and looks at, there's a picture frame you said? You go over to um, the like section of the bookshelves uh, that has like more stuff on it and fewer books. And there are some stand-up pictures um, of a woman you don't recognize uh, who's older. Um, she's got like sort of 
purple skin, uh, and she has her arm around uh, a, a younger man who uh, also has purple skin, um, and he's got a very square jaw, and um, he has uh, like very neatly coiffed silver hair. And as you are looking at this, you see him, that same man, but a much older version of him, uh, walk through a door that has been like cut into the black rock of spin uh, from another room in this arrangement of room blobs same purple skin uh you can't see his chin anymore because it's got a thick layer of almost microscopic beetles on it he still has that silver gray hair it is tall it is shiny it is slick uh and he smiles big when he sees you and he hands you a warm cup of green liquid with a long thin piece of metal sticking out of it and he says dear you look as though you're lost, having another one of your, what did you call them last time? Visits? And then, uh, so I can still kind of control her, I, uh, I, I, pour, I pour the liquid uh, on myself, on my avatar, and oh, says, whoopsies! Whoopsies! <laughs> whoopsies! Oh! Why can I get a napkin? <laughs> I'm so clumsy. Uh, as if, like, to predict what you are going to do. As you say whoopsie, so does Algar, who you are standing in front of. Uh, and he looks at you, sort of, like, shakes his head, and he's like, you know, you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> we've, we've been together for long enough. You no longer need to play the games. And he runs back. He goes back into the kitchen and comes back with a towel and starts cleaning up. Um... <laughs> And he says, he looks at you and he says, I told you that you don't have to get upset anymore. What you did was right. It's okay. Now, how much am I feeling like I'm in there versus like in a dreamlike state? Like how much do I feel like that beta would be actually like feeling like she was in control of things? You have total agency, but recognize this as something that is happening at a remove. So mm -hmm. the way that I would describe that is you feel as though you are um, in control, but that it is unlikely you would get physically hurt, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So so Beta's recognizing that this is part of the quartering. This is one of, one of her visits. Um, so she is extremely excited right because she <laughs> loves algar and <laughs> she's not sure if this is predicting the future or if it's just showing what she wants in the future but she doesn't care <laughs> and so she looks straight at algar and uh she goes oh, many years many years together <laughs> yeah it, uh, uh what it's been um maybe Five at this point, are you, are you are you are you sure you're you're feeling all right? Do you would you like to lie down? Um, no, no, I would not. Like, wow, okay, we kept the moss wall. I see. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say before you said I did the right thing? Yeah, I mean, I I know how much guilt you've told me several times how much guilt you have over what happened to your your colleagues, whatever you would like to call them, and and I, I just you know how I feel, but it bears repeating that I I don't think it was your fault, and I think you did the right thing, and I mean really, 
not to sound like a broken record, but what were you going to do? Were you going to stay a fleeter your whole life? Were you going to consort with people like Remy and that gelasty child? I don't think so. I don't, you, look at you now. You're an archivist. You have terminal access. Wow. And you are my boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he leads you through the wall uh, that he just walked through, and you see uh, a very modest uh, spin kitchen, uh, and then he leads you through another hole in the wall in that room uh, to a modest spin bedroom, and he just sits you down on the bed, and he sits next to you, and on one of the end tables, you see a little picture of uh, you and Algar in front of, like, a weird black kind of trellis thing and uh, there is an unhuman standing between you um, and you are wearing uh, whichever um, uh, famous (laughs) rom-com wedding dress you would like to wear. Julia Roberts' dress from Runaway Bride, please. There we go. (laughs) With the sneakers. Yeah. (laughs) On a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And it's weird, that's how every wedding on Spin is. (laughs) I hope that's canon. (laughs) He, uh, he says, he sits you down and he says, I never know what to think when you get this way. I Sometimes you act like you don't know what has happened or like you would like for things to be different. And I just, I think that for me at least, I, I am very glad that Cracked and the Anox saw things our way and that you made the choice that you did you know, if there's one thing that we learn as archivists, it's that you have to put yourself ahead of the pack. No one will do it for you. And and look at the life that we have made. We have we have nothing to regret, and you don't need to be ashamed of any of it. Beta's taking this all in. She can't get over that they're married. <laughs> She's trying to process <laughs> the information that she maybe did something, left her fleeters behind. And she goes, and she leans into Algar and she goes, and we, and we kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Algar grabs your head in his hands. (laughs) He, he puts both of his hands on either, either sides of your head. And we kiss. (laughs) You close your eyes and it's not black, but dull gray. The feeling of Algar's presence in front of you gets cold like it's not gone but it kind of like gets sort of chilly and then it gets light and then it fades and there's like a dull kind of almost wind like a breeze and you start to hear uh, like the sound of the air circulators changes and it gets kind of cold not just like a cool breeze on your face but like your body is now a little cold Do you open your eyes? It's morning. You are in a seaside village. You are on a beach. There is a fire in front of you that has been either put out or has gone out uh, sometime in the last several hours. The memory of what just happened is dim it's like a dream you know like you 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 have it clear now but you can feel it retreating the last thing that you remember clearly 
is sitting down with Remy and Venos to take some weird drug that apparently makes you see stuff that had actually or would actually happen. And now here you are on this beach. Sitting across from you is Remy. There is no Venos in sight. Whoa. Remy? Yo, what's up? You look a little uh, green. I mean, not actually, just <sighs> seem kind of green because I know your face isn't really a. F- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have any color to my face. Um, <laughs> it's it's perfectly <laughs> silver. I don't understand it. Uh, I uh, I need a piece of paper. I need I need paper. Do you have paper? Do you have pens? And paper? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Remy's rummaging through his pack. Um, yeah, there you have some pens and yeah, you have like something that approximates a notebook and some pen, a pen in there. Sure. Yeah, and he hands it over. Beta is scribbling down any detail that she can remember as she feels it slipping away from her. Roll, Will. Oh, a six. You have written down a pretty good approximation of what you saw. You get, if not it exactly, then a very faithful uh, rendition of it. Good there, bud. Oh, what? I just, oh, I just saw a lot. <laughs> yeah, tripping, tripping pretty hard, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Drugs are cool. Uh, oh, uh, how was, uh, how was your experience? Oh, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it was, it was an experience for sure, you know? Huh. To them, do they know what day it is? What, where, where are they, like, I'm, I guess I'm getting lost in, like, what is known as... <laughs> you are back at the village in the northwest of Kakudun, where the big drink wranglers live. Where you put the old lady in the playground. Where you put the old lady in the playground. <laughs> where you were exactly two days ago. Two days ago. And do I have any recollection of a quartering? No. You so do not. I have no memory of the quartering, but I'm like, I was just on a drug with Remy. You took some, you took some weird drugs. Yeah. Okay. At least the lore of the drugs is that it shows things that have happened or will happen. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Enough? <laughs> Enough <Yeah>. sense? <laughs> yes. Yes. Great. It's morning about, just about two days previous to when you were in Zestino Novell's apartment where you found her dead. The last thing you remember is taking drugs the night before. In your memory, Beta, and in your memory, Remy, you have not yet gone to Zenthra. You have not yet gone through the Jash. You have not arrived in No Laster. None of that has happened yet. Did Gunch happen? I mean, Remy is addicted to Gunch. Okay, yes. Remy, I just wanted yes. to know if we're pre-Gunch or post-Gunch. Yes, Remy is addicted <laughs> to Gunch. But no, yes. we are we are back on the beach. We have yep, not we found. We have not finished digging out the dune buggy from the sand or anything. Mm. Correct. Actually, I believe Oat and Mercus had spent last night putting the finishing touches on the Ambler, loading it up with some red plant, and getting all of their things ready. Like now that it's morning, uh, you all have basically agreed to go. Uh, Mercus is walking up and fanning his his underarms. Like I'm, I'm still not even uh, recovered from the red plant I, plant I tried yesterday. I don't know how all of you are trying new new substances. Uh, how do you? How are you feeling, Beta? Uh, 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 oh, I I'm gonna have to check back in with you on that. What was it like? It was great. 
It was great, but maybe also bad. Um, you didn't get stuck anywhere, did you? No, I did not get stuck anywhere. And yes, I am still in love with a refactor. Oh. Well, you're about to be in love with this breakfast I got from the little store in the town over there. Hey, everybody, that's right. I'm back. It's me, Oat, at the top of the dune. No, look <laughs> at me up here. Hello. <laughs> look, I found this. It's some kind of, uh, uh, I think it's a kind of uh, bread they get hot in some way. Yo, hot bread? Let me in on that. Well, uh, you're going to want to. Whoa, Vinos isn't back yet? Yeah, where is Vinos? Well, I don't know. He was here, but uh, you know how he is. He's a he's. Got his um. He doesn't call it magic, but we know it is. <laughs> Wait, no, I he... mean when I I figured he just um went for an early morning walk. When I got up this morning, I didn't see him. I bought him some of the uh, hot bread in case he'd be back, but uh, I guess he's not. I was kind of worried about the guy. I don't know. I was zonked. Huh? But Venus took the same amount as us, didn't he? Maybe he got stuck. Oh no. Look, I'm not worried at all. Like, we know that Venus can, like, do things like travel through time and shit. Like, oh, do he, you think this is hell science? It's gotta be, right? Like, I mean, hey, look, if he got stuck somewhere, somewhere and somewhere, I'm pretty sure he'd be able to get back, right? Like, he's he knows what he's doing. Hmm. Marcus is scratching his tummy, thinking really hard. I wonder if he can talk to Deep River this way. Okay, I mean, I you've known him longer than I have, so I'm going to take your word for it that everything is all right. But uh, hey, Beta, should we be worried? I don't think we should be worried. This doesn't um, feel good to me. Huh, I mean, I think let's give him the morning, and if he doesn't show up, maybe then worry. All right, that means more hot bread for each of us. <laughs> <laughs> It's your girl, Jen, and I'm here interrupting the show to tell you about Patreon. If you are loving our story, production value, and goddamn incredible sound design, become a chummer for just five American dollars per month. That's 4.28 euros, 523 yen, or 106 pesos. For 0.00037 bitcoins, you get access to fun slash float chatty, our inside baseball show about every episode, an invite to our Discord, which has channels called Chumbler and the Cone of Bonus Content, and top secret cold storage archive and cyberpunk-themed Spotify playlist that I personally update every Tuesday. Come on, why don't you join us at patreon.com slash funcityventures. Again, that's patreon.com slash funcityventures. Beta is sort of, she's out of it and she's, Thinking about, you know, what Algor said and talking about, like, you know, leaving leaving the team behind and or and, you know, the Anox looking favorably on on her and she's seeing Venus is gone. She's just like a little unsettled and she's looking at the ground for footprints and she's like, "Uh, there are no footprints here. So I guess he did do the hell science vanish sort of thing. He must have, right? Yeah, you know, if we need some answers, we we ought to get to a company outpost. Yeah. Perhaps Dinos knows to go there. Sure. Yeah. The crew sits on the beach in the rising sun and around 
the smoldering fire. Their breakfast is somber, and they perk up at any sound of snapping twigs or approaching footsteps. But none of them belong to Venus. They briefly canvass the town, quietly calling their disappeared team member's name as the sea folk rise from sleep to begin their grueling day. They pack up the ambulier. Remy rides shotgun. Beta is on the roof and Oat in a bumper seat. The engine whirs to life and the onboard navigation system asks for a destination. Mercus keys in. Company embassy. No laster. The jash. And it plots a course. On their way out of town, a nice old big drink wrangler informs them that the rest of Kakudun isn't as safe as the village, and they should be careful. But the driver, a young, skittish Jelasti, speeds off before he can say how best to avoid the bone snatch. Raider Country. Back at Zestino's apartment, slightly earlier in the morning... Venos, you have just killed a Mulrook that was going to kill Zashino Novell. It falls over on top of her. You wrestle it off of her, and she scrambles for, uh, she like is moving her arm around, and you can see that she's reaching into a pocket on the side of her pants. Uh-oh. And she moves her arm around uh, the Mulrook, who's kind of still leaning on her, and she brandishes this long, like curved, bright, shining silver knife at you um, from the ground. She's still on her back. She's just, she's holding it up and pointing it at you. And she shouts, and who the fuck are you? Okay, I'm. I understand this is strange. Um, I'm not a person that lives in your closet. It's the first time I've ever been there. I um, it's not a uh, habit. Um, I and she's backing up and she's pulling her legs out from underneath the body and she's got her back up against the back of her couch. Um, I still have a shotgun in my hand, so this is probably not yep. helping. Um, but I'm like. Uh, Venus lies sumptuara at your service. And just as he kind of does a small bow, he notices the shotgun in his hand and he says, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm I'm from the company. And he holsters his shotgun. She, she is still holding her knife up and she says, I can see that you are wearing a standard issue X spin exosuit. Why are you in my apartment? Well, it is a long story, but it did involve time travel and I did change time. I don't know if you know the rules of changing events past. She starts to put the knife down and she looks at you and she says, you're a tremulant. Yes. How far ahead should you be? Two days time. And she's looking at the dead body and she's looking up at you. What was, what was going to happen? This person was going to succeed in his aim. Where you come from, when you come from. Yes. <laughs> I'm dead. Yes. Shit. And I'm afraid we don't have much time before whoever this person was working for finds out that he was not successful. We must make haste. 
she stands up and she puts her knife back in her like weird side tool pocket thing. There's like a little holster in there. She walks over to her desk. She puts her head in her hands. She's like, you can tell she's thinking really hard. She's clearly trying to get a grasp on the situation. She turns back around and she looks at you and she says, in your time, does Millen know that I'm dead? No one knows of your death except for myself now. When you found me, were you alone? I was not. But they now know what they do now. What? (laughs) They now know what they know now. Not what they knew then in the future. Right. That timeline has been obviated. Yes. Here is how I see this situation. There are many ways to approach problems in time. And this one involves a few factors. One of them is our only allies are on the trail here. I know all of the details of their trip up to this point. If no new information or events are to lead them astray from that path, I don't know who involved in the company is conspiring with the people that tried to kill you, so they can know nothing. No one can know anything about my travel in time or my interception. Only us two can, and you must take it to your grave. You must follow me to where we were a day ago, to the quartering. Cover your face, and let's make haste. Now, as you're saying this, uh, she's looking at you and she's regarding you with a bit of skepticism. And she says, you're going to have to forgive me. I am not jumping to leave my apartment with a man who has time traveled into it. Yes. Uh, I realize that you have saved my life. And for that, I am greatly thankful. I think there's a few more things we need to get out of the way before we talk about what happens next. I've been in your shoes before. Not your shoes. I've never traveled through time, but uh, I have done uh, field work. So uh, right, I yes. have some experience field, dealing with field work, things yes. like this. Okay, yes, field work. Um, you said that someone was working with Boo, and she points at the dead mole rook on the ground. No, I said someone could be working with Boo. Ah. I'm afraid I don't have much information, and... That's why we must keep what I've done a secret. That's why we can't talk to anyone. And that's why, for all intents and purposes, you must be dead to the world for the next two days because you have been dead to the world for the next two days. Is that, underst- is that understood? Do you understand the problems that can come from you being seen or heard or known about in the next two days? Yes. To which I would say, we can't leave. Do you have any reason to believe that your co-workers would go anywhere else than here and not arrive here at the time that they are, and she does quote fingers, supposed to. Yes, I am not there because I am here. So there were some trials on the way to find you, and I was involved in those trials. So the closer... We can get from their start of journey, which they were beginning this morning, the safer we will be. The only other reason why I would say we cannot stay here is that I don't know if Boo is alone in his mission. I doubt he is. Uh, Maybe you could tell me about that. Um, But any suspicion you have could be wrong as well. And more people could come to kill you and us. She looks at you and she says, absolutely not. We have already made too big of a change in the timeline. You have killed someone. We have no idea what things he, 
should be out in the world doing. Hmm. The best we can hope is that the wound that I gave him with my knife and she points at the body and you can see that it's like there's a lot of blood coming out from the side of him that he hobbled out of here with that, went back to wherever he lives and died in his chair. Didn't go out to meet his friends, didn't go out to kill anyone else. It's too risky for us to leave. We can stay here for two days and wait for your friends to arrive, we will be sure at that point that the timelines are aligned and we are safe to plan and think about what we are doing next. Are we going to have to stay in this room with a dead body for two days? Yes. Are we going to have to potentially fight someone off to co who comes and checks on Boo? Possibly. Mm. But I think those chances are better than us going out into the world and obviating more timelines. If my experience is any indication, we're gonna waste tons of time and energy trying to find your friends, and then, I imagine, trying to find who engineered all of this. Eventually, if they think nothing's wrong, and I admit that this is a big if, they'll come to us. Yes. I have been dead for two days. I have to be dead for the next two days. You speak with wisdom. I suppose the, the plan that flashed in my eyes of calling you my sister Barbara and leading you around like a <laughs> simpleton was maybe made in haste. Uh, I should have composed myself before speaking. Um, well, get ready to compose yourself again because you're staying with me. Okay. Okay, well then. I can't have you out there causing more trouble, making things happen, changing stuff. We have to trust your team that they're going to stay on the course and that they'll be here when they're supposed to be here. We need things to go as close to exactly as they went then now. So yes. no, no brain talking, no howling lamp stuff. Don't pick up the phone until they're here. They can't know. I understand. There are dangers in staying here. There are dangers in leaving. But the ones in staying here I see clearly in my mind. I mean, I hope that everyone is more complimentary of Beta, obviously, during her quartering. <laughs> um, and there's also a matter of a frogman with a cannon. But I do trust them. So we must remain. Please, tell me your tale. It's kind of a long story, but I guess we have some time. That's perfect. Avinos shows himself to the kitchen. He begins preparing some popcorn. He puts on some tea. <laughs> He's looking through her, her her clothes to see if she's got some like a warm robe or something. Um, uh, there is. Yeah, there's something. There's like a nice sort of caftan, open caftan in there. He looks at her kind of. She's she's looking at him a little bit askance. He says, do you mind? Uh, no, no, I guess not. Okay, great. How do you take your tea, dear? Uh, just... Just black is fine. Okay. Um, so, uh, you're sure you can keep a secret? Yes, I'm, yes, it's kind of my whole life. <laughs> Boo, uh, is a pirate, was a pirate, was a pirate. Mm. Um, I've been working with the pirates to divert shipments of guns coming into Kakudun through the company 
and through a few other trade routes. And I've been doing that for a couple years in an attempt to, uh, I don't know, buy some time, I guess, do what I can while everyone is just getting all sort of hot and bothered about what's happening in the Southeast. And she looks at you like sort of quizzically, like she's forgotten something um, or like, she's sorry. She's like, sorry, uh, you're not from around here. The, uh, the whole continent is on the, is on the brink of war. Yes. Seems to be the pirates versus, versus the, the governing body here. Well, um, uh, so there are two countries in the southeast. Um, one of them is called Hauktik, and the other one is called Thwulf. And it's an ancient, uh, it's like a very, very old conflict that's been going on for a very long time. And I mean, the long story short is that it's kind of just pervaded all of Kakadunai culture, um, that, that what side you're on is part of who you are, part of the state that you are a citizen of. Everybody has their take on the conflict, why it's lasted as long as it has, who is the, uh, who is in the right, um, what sort of, uh, demilitarization tactics can and should work. And the pirates are part of this larger puzzle. Sometimes they cause trouble, but mostly they just are trying to benefit from the conflict. Mm. Um, and the ones that I work with, there's a bunch, the ones that I work with uh, are very trustworthy. I mean, as long as you can keep paying them, but I work for the company so I can. You know, they've actually done a lot of good in making sure that weapons don't get into uh, the hands of people who are just gonna start a war with them ah but you're also arming the pirates correct um they've done actually a really good job of just keeping them in a storehouse on grafa ah they i mean yes there is the, we have now over the years given them a large enough storehouse that some of them are skimming off the top and selling them but that's hard to control and also honestly a, a much lower lower influx of weaponry than would be the case otherwise so i'm fine with it and how does the trade between the lovers and cockadoon come into this why are you asking about the lovers i mean i have an answer for you but it was the reason we were sent here to speak with you, is to understand why the trade was being blocked or at least met with some resistance. It's part of my mission. She is sipping her tea that you have handed her. Uh, she has both of her hands around the mug and she's squinting at you. Who sent you? Well, uh, <laughs> it is complicated. Um, this is kind of a favor we're doing to protect ourselves but as long as we're keeping secrets <laughs> in truth it wasn't the company who added this to our mission but rather we are trying to protect our safety and visiting you um and when i say me i mean me and my team we are being blackmailed by the saffron and Knox. we don't aim to get in any way of you or the company we were simply requested to get information and that's what i attempted to do if you're saying it's inconsequential to our safety here, um, or you're dealing with the pirates, then I'm happy to leave it. You were sent here on the night I was killed mm -hmm. by the Saffron Anox. No, it, he didn't. It was the same night. We've been doing other company work for several days now. 
She's looking into her tea and she's like shaking her head. And she says, no, this isn't a coincidence. I, hmm. She gets up and she goes over to her desk and she starts rummaging around on her desk. And she's like flipping all the papers around and she's looking for something. She pulls up this big, like stapled printout um, that's got a big cover on it. And you can see, you know, it's got some like red lines on the front of it and she's flipping through it and uh, you can see all of these notes in it. And she says, I, I've been delaying this paperwork because it's just, I, I don't like it. It's really fishy. And I figured that the archivist who was pushing it had like a skim operation or something going on. And, you know, it's it's not an uncommon thing. You see it a lot. Some comfortable pet of, uh, you know, the guys in charge at Spin, they set up a bloated contract. They divert goods from places where they're needed to places where they'll fetch more money. They cram it in and around all these other deals. And then, of course, because they're powerful, they get to approve their own paperwork. So, you know, it's easy to hide uh, if no one looks at it. But I mean, that's my job to look at the paperwork, but they had to have known that. And I mean, they definitely know that there are ways for them to just ram this through approvals without having to deal with me. They have every other time and every other time they've done it without so much as threatening me, let alone trying to murder me. If you said the Anox himself sent you to come check on me, this is about way more than this trade deal. It absolutely has to be. He said to you, Zeshtino Novell. Yes. He wants to know why you're blocking the trade between the lovers and Kakadun. I, I don't, I don't like that. Who is the archivist that is uh, putting through this paperwork? She throws the stack of papers to you and it like flutters and flips in the air. Uh, and uh, yeah, when, when you catch it and sort of put it all back together, um, you can see that the, the main signatory is archivist Hracht. Yes, yes. We spoke with Rack recently. He had some interest that he didn't quite express in our travels. Um, and Venus continues to look through this. Is there anything in here that would be something that would just, you know, be way outside the norm in terms of what the, you know, an archivist or, or what the company would typically want, approve, you know, try to push through in terms of trade? I think it's hard for you to tell because you don't necessarily look at this kind of paperwork that mm -hmm. often. This is a, a huge trade deal um, between the company directly and um, it seems like the Saffron Anox. Um, so, you know, whatever his holding company on Rigamont B is. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so, yeah, you don't really know. But looking through, you definitely can see that in the manifest, the things that are being um, being traded to. Kakudun, there are a lot of weapons. Uh, there is just a lot of, there are a lot of finished goods and a lot of them are clank rifles, uh, laser pistols, and various other armaments. Hmm. Son of a thorn weaved Vyuzen. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he didn't. <laughs> Jeez. Take it back. Zestino looks shocked that you'd say that in her house. <laughs> this bastard is working with him. It's plain as day. And look at these weapons. This is enough to start a whole war. What did they say? What did they tell you to do? You weren't supposed to kill me. No. We were supposed to 
simply get information from you, uh, an understanding, a basic understanding of, of what your objection would be to standard trade that had gone on for a while, as it was described to me. If they wanted to go around me, they could. Hmm. So something's going on here. If they wanted to go around you and they could, why didn't they? It seems, I mean, pardon the pun, overkill to send someone to off me. I think what we know is that they want their machines to move and you do not. And if you saw that they went around you, you could raise raise suspicions. You maybe knew too much and showed that by objecting. So then just kill me. Why send you? Did they know I was going to die and you're just going to confirm that I'm dead? They could they could have anybody planetside do that. They don't need to extort someone from spin and make them go on this, what sounds like a sort of involved journey. Hmm. Maybe they seek to pin the crime on us. Mm. But why? If I could back up a bit, why did this boo want you dead you got me he came in he said he didn't care about the deal if i were to guess i mean i know that some of the pirates don't agree with what we're doing and they don't like being told to store the weapons so that people can't use them and i know that many of the pirates who feel that way are mulrook and fex and desmundu um the, the indigenous sapiens because they they want all of the provincial civilizations here to fall because uh-huh. this is their home and we have taken it uh and i can't i mean so a war. i can argue with them i don't want to uh yeah so a war between these two nations means that even if they both lose the indigenous peoples win. Some some of the what you might call like accelerationist freedom fighters, um, they sometimes call themselves anarchists. Uh, they want to hasten conflict because they think that all of us fighting one another will ultimately benefit them. I don't know that I think they're right, but I don't have a good argument either way. I just know that I don't want to see people shooting at one another. I'm trying to do what I can within my power, um, which is just as some refactor on the subcommittee for Kakudun, what can I do? I can divert shipments of things. Um, And I guess up until recently, I thought that I was doing that without arousing suspicion. I have a number of people who are working with me in the company and and some of the pirates. Um, I thought we were doing it quietly, but... (laughs) Seems to me that you are the finger in the dike of war. Seems that the Saffron Anox, and with him perhaps members in the company itself, these two great nations and even perhaps some contingent of these pirates all are thirsting for it, clawing for it. And there's a dead Mulrook in my apartment. Well, yes. No, I mean... Politically, this looks very bad. I am a high-up company employee. Right. And there is a dead indigenous Kakudunai sapient in my apartment. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I shot one in the head a few days ago, but I'm not going to do it now, obviously. I know that the 
reason I went back in the first place was not to save you, unfortunately, but to see the killer so that we could prove our innocence. Uh, in a moment of weakness, I did save you, and I'm glad I did now, but it does make our lives more complicated. I don't know that I would describe that as weakness, but I understand where you're coming from. Well, um, we are going to have plenty of time to maybe puzzle more of this out over the next couple days. How do you feel about crossword puzzles? <laughs> oh, boy, goody. Zeshnow approaches her large bookshelf and pulls out a thick, worn tome. She flips to an unsolved puzzle towards the back and thuds it down on her modest kitchen table. She gets two perfectly sharpened pencils from her desk. Over the next days, Venos and Zeshchino read, puzzle, and puzzle over their situation. Venos sleeps on the floor, or simply doesn't. Once or twice, Beta calls. She tries to ether-speak with Venos, and it takes every ounce of concentration for him to empty his mind until she disconnects, which is not soon. He worries what she must think calling into what seems a deadline. So, um, you know, I think that maybe the second day or end of the end of the first or something, we decided it would be better if we could move this person um, somewhere else in the apartment to get him out of the way. Um, when I do that, we, you know, we realize that this is a freshly killed person. Nobody's <laughs> gone through anything. And, and so we, I, you know, we look through his pockets and see and see things. And do I find anything on Boo? Uh, yeah, he's I mean, his pockets are basically like full of garbage. Uh, like he's he had a holster for his knife. Um, he's got another shorter knife on the other side uh, of his belt. His pockets are full of um, he's got Gilder. He's got coin. Uh, he's got what seems like loose tobacco or like a loose sm smoking plant of some kind. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple bottle caps. Um, his vest that he was wearing that has like patches on it and stuff has a, a lot of a lot of pockets and you go through them and you find pens and pencils and you find wood shavings and you find small smooth stones and you find some gunch. And in one of the pockets, you actually do find something that's a little... Um, characteristic and it's a it's a folded up it's like a very neatly folded up yellow piece of paper do you unfold the piece of paper yes it unfolds to probably about like half of a, a, a standard like eight and a half by 11 a4 sheet and it's a very crudely photocopied um or like mimeographed you know however they would do it here um maybe like a block print of some kind flyer that says in big letters at the top the co is lying it's the, the company seal, but it's drawn in the middle in such a way that it just looks it looks more spiny and more sort of viney and aggressive than you, I think, would normally think of it as being. It looks much more threatening. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are a lot of small um, blocks of text that are ostensibly like claiming to describe the true intentions of the co on Kakudun. And it all basically amounts to 
They want you subjugated. Uh, they are modern slavers. Uh, they um, uh, do not have the interest of Kakudun at heart, and letting them become more powerful um, will only result uh, in greater turmoil for the masses. Um, and you know, there's there's some stuff that like I think maybe doesn't make a lot of sense to you because you don't fully grasp the bizarre geopolitical situation, but. It seems like it's suggesting that if the co becomes more powerful, then they are going to become an entrenched and unstoppable, basically world government on Kakudun. Right. Uh, and it seems like most of these things are written for pirates. So um, this kind of piques um, Venus's interest and he uses a speak with steel to figure out who made it and who last used it. I have to burn a grit um, or three health and then touch the object. And then I roll a reason and I add my level. My reason is 12 and my level is two right now, right? Yes, that is correct. So I rolled a nine. So which do you want to know who last used it, how it came to exist or how it really works? Yeah. Venus determines that it's most likely going to consider the person who last used it be would be Boo, because all you have to do is read a flyer to use to it. be a user. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the only real thing of interest here is 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 learn learning the details of how it was made. You are holding the piece of paper and you sort of start to f focus in on it to try to speak to it. And um, from surprisingly close, actually, a lot of times when you talk to things, they it's as though a voice is coming at you through the void or like it's approaching from a distance. Mm -hmm. But this one right away is right up front and uh, it goes, yeah, hey, what's up? What, what, what's Hello. Yeah, what uh, what can I do for you, my friend? Hey, well, I was interested in knowing who made this flyer and and, and how it was made. Who made yours truly? This guy, the one you're talking yes, to, yes, right? Yes, you. Right. Sorry, you. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yes. Who made me? Um, yes. That is a great question. I came from a, a print shop. Um, you know what a print shop is? Yes, it's a shop where things are printed. You got home. It's not my man's first time talking to a flyer. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, run by this guy. He's real nice, real great guy. Uh, he's, a, uh, you know what a big drink wrangler is? No, I don't. Please refresh my memory. It's uh, like a waiting. Um, they're from uh, they're from Kakudun uh, in the Northwest. Oh, yes, yes. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, yes. runs a shop um, in uh, on Grafa. You know Grafa. I have heard of the name. Yes, Grafa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pi the pirate island uh, in the dark sea. Yes. Yes. What was his name? I'm not sure that I know. Hmm. You know, people not walking around just saying their name to the objects that are nearby. Sure. What well, do you know? No, I guess the name it is strange shop. that I know yeah. the name of the. Sh yeah, I know yes. and the and the island that. Okay, you make a convincing argument. Yes. Uh, Hold on, let me. This is just uh, generating a name for a wait and just takes a second. Yes, it does. It's, that's not instant. Oh, yeah. Uh, his name's Crispy Mold Slider. Ah, yes. Crispy Mold Slider. I'm sure he came from good stock. Ah, okay. And and what was the name of the shop again? As you might come to find out if you deal more with pirates, uh, it seems to me like it's maybe my man's first time dealing with pirate stuff. Uh, not a lot of business names. Ah, I see. Yes, he's just, he's the Brent shop. <laughs> a simpler time. Yes, that's great. All right. Well, how are you? you do you, Are you feeling okay? Do you need anything? 
I mean, it's great to be out of that pocket. Uh, and uh, looking around here, it looks like there's a lot of space for paper goods on the walls. So if you wanted to hang me up in a place of honor, I would not complain. All right. Well, I'll talk to the owner about that. But I promise to put in a good word for you. Oh, that means a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. And until next time. Until next time. The voice fades into the void. Yes. Hmm. Uh, Zestino looks at you and she's like, what, uh, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, the, uh this, uh, uh, paper, when we probably need to put it up in the wall. Um, yes, he's, it was printed in a pirate print shop on Grappa, um, owned by a man named Crispy Mode Slider. And she takes the paper from you and flips around. She says, oh yeah. Uh, a lot of the pirates, there are these campaigns that happen that they're doing that are like anti-co mm. uh, They're you know, it's like there's the people trying to convince, um, trying to convince them that like the company is in a way a stabilizing force, which uh, like we talked about, they don't like, um, they would rather things be destabilized because they think it's going to hasten sort of a, a return to a more natural state. Um, so yeah, there are these, there are these flyer campaigns um, that, uh, you know, sort of push this anti-company agenda. This is, I mean, it's really disappointing to see this on Boo. Like he was so much smarter than this stupid conspiracy shit. So am I correct in understanding, in my understanding that the company is not involved in any sort of colonial uh, overreach into this planet? She gives you a look like, you know, the answer to that question. And mm. you know that the answer is complicated. <sighs> Again, I realize there are counter arguments, but in my book, stability is not bad. Ah, stability. That's the that's the answer for number nine down on the crossword. Ah! <laughs> she runs to the desk and starts <laughs> scribbling in the book. <laughs> They alternate meal prep with the supplies in Zestino's kitchen. They leave the apartment only once to visit the shared apartment complex facilities in the dead of night. They talk about the setup. Zestino is convinced there's more to this than her delayed paperwork. She's confused but not surprised by Boo. Venos wonders why them, and if, somehow, whoever is behind this can know that circumstances have changed. And if so, their hopes about staying put might be in vain. As is often the case, only time will tell. Mercus, Beta, Oat, and Remy, you leave the embassy and you go, you walk back to the car and you type in the address. And uh, yeah, it's far enough away that it will roll you there on the tracks that surround Nolaster. Um, and it drops you off uh, at the widest part of Nos, uh, which is sort of northeast of the city. Sure enough, it like points to an intersection between a set of roads uh, where ostensibly Zeshno Novell's flat is. It's a more residential here on Nos. This is one of the two residential peninsulas. It's uh, starting to get uh, kind of late. Uh, the you know sun hangs low. It's getting a little golden. It's actually kind of nice uh, on the bayou. Uh, it's the way that it like hits the tall grass uh, and the rippling leaves, and you can hear sort of the shipping channel in the distance and some of the boats. 
the street lights blink on as you're walking through uh, this neighborhood. People are uh, people are out walking around, and uh, you take a left and a right and a left and a right, and you get to uh, what you think is Zestino Novell's apartment. It's on the second level uh, of a five-level arrangement of skiffs. Uh, it is painted mostly gray, kind of like very dark, almost black gray. You can see on the door there's also a mailbox. There's a few letters inside of it. The lights are on, you said? We're here. There's a single window that peers in, uh, and it's got a heavy black curtain uh, that's drawn, so you can't uh, see Marcus inside. wants to open the mailbox. Can he, can he open the mailbox? Yeah, absolutely. It might be a little tall, but yeah, you can get it. Yeah, yeah, just reaching in, like tiny arm. Yeah, there's a single letter inside. Uh, it's in. A, it's got a handwritten address on it, and it says Zeshno Novell and the address that you're standing in front of. This is the right place. Well. All right. Well, Remy, Remy fucking knocks on the door. <laughs> it rattles, and you can hear the rattle sort of like ring through the apartment, uh, but there's no uh, no answer. Beta whispers to the group. So. Are we storytellers or we're just who we are this time, right? All right, guys, I'm going to do the thing that I should have done before. And Remy closes his eyes and uses open mind. Ooh, what's open mind? <laughs> what's that? What's that? Uh, so open mind is you may burn for grit to communicate with any being, intelligent or not, biological or informatic, for one minute. If you do so, the ancient things beyond time and space see you and send one minor emissary to meet you. Within 24 hours. Oh, shit. Great. <laughs> this game is wild. Does it say anything about having to know who or where the person you are trying not. to... <laughs> Great. Okay, perfect. Whoa. Yeah. I, Remy has a bunch of stuff that I just <laughs> haven't used yet. Uh, and I guess, I guess you guys just see nothing. He just closes his eyes. Zestino, where the Zestino. fuck are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> For a second, you don't hear anything. Should we knock? For another second, you don't hear anything. You you maybe hear Oat knocking from what feels like a great distance. But then you hear a voice, a female voice, like it's inside your own head. And it goes, I'm inside, but don't come in just yet. Not yet. What, what are you doing this is, in there? This is, I just, hold on. This is weird. I know it's weird. I, I'm with Venus. He's fine. He speaks very highly so of you. You have him. Uh, I need you to use your charge power to blast open the door. Okay, how do you know I can do that? Venos told me, and I'll explain he when you're be inside. People but that. you you <laughs> did it before, so you have to do it again now. Oh, Marcus is uh, leaning over to Beta. What's happening? I have no idea. I have. Do you know what Remy is doing I, right now? Oh. No, that I don't, but I think we're deciding what type of knock we should knock on the door with. You know, like a stir- stern one or a light knock. Is that right, Oak? Yeah, I think like just a standard knock. We want a knock that doesn't say anything, doesn't commit right, us to Zeshino. any sort of attitude. All right, Zeshino, I'm going to let you go. Uh, <laughs> bye. Uh, and I guess Remy gets up and blasts the fucking door open. As we're talking about what kind of <laughs> knock we're going to well, that's oh, one way to open the door. Knock, knock. Shit. Oh, oh. You all walk in through the front door. This is Zestino Novell's apartment. It is small. The walls are covered in posters and artwork. There's a small writing desk directly in front of the door. There's a bed in the middle, in the back, and a small kitchen all the way to the left. There's a kind of brown 
tarp mound of some kind uh, piled up in the back left of the room near a jeweler's desk. It doesn't smell great in here. And you can see in the center of the room, uh, there's what looks like a large dried blood stain. A medium-sized, darker-skinned woman in a baggy blazer and black work pants stands behind the huge blood stain. She's got long, scraggly, dark black hair with these wide patches of gray. She has her hands up. Not in surrender, but in kind of like celebration, like welcome. It's good to see you, even though you've never seen this person before. Nick, where's Venos? What's Venos doing when everybody comes in? Venos is at the table um, uh, waiting, uh, finishing, uh, you know, a couple of things in the crossword puzzle, just double checking. He's actually, you know, really relieved. And he's like, oh, good. I knew you'd be here. Ah, yes. Are all of you Okay. Venus! 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 Oh, my man! Mercus is stern, pursing lips, and goes to shut the door. There's no door. (laughs) Oh, you blasted it. Oh, sorry. There's a door. You can still go to shut it. it. You can still close it. It's just, you know, not going to, like, fully shut. It's not going to click. Okay, yeah. Mercus just makes any kind of attempt to, like conceal what's going on inside um, and just makes his way over to Vino's, grabs his elbow like a Lord of the Rings handshake. (laughs) (laughs) Mercus looks very visibly different. Uh, He has five o'clock shadow. He's standing up straight, kind of has a serious hardened face now. (laughs) Mercus. Vino's, we were worried about you. Mercus? What happened to Mercus? You a Viking now? <laughs> I am Mercus. Venus, uh, Remy's crouching over the bloodstain. Uh, yeah, Mercus became a man, dude. I've seen some things. Mercus killed a guy. Mercus fucking killed a guy. <laughs> oh my god. I was so proud. Indeed, it's true. But I'm just very glad to see you and that you had followed some kind of protocol. We were expecting that you were going to meet up with us at any company outpost, but... I guess you're here. Sorry, that's my fault. I told him that we can't leave. We couldn't leave until you got here. I don't understand at all. I'm just so glad you're alive, man. Come here, give me a hug. Uh, And Venus, as Oat goes to hug you, you see that uh, his tux jacket, the the shoulder of his tux jacket on his right arm is in tatters, bloodstained tatters. Uh, and where his right arm used to be, there is a sort of mechanical plug that has been grafted into his shoulder. And hanging out of that plug is a sort of wildly waving, chaotic waiting arm. There is a bug man <laughs> arm sort of flapping there out of that metal plug. And he goes to hug you and the hand instead just sort of slides up your face a little bit <laughs> and then lands on your shoulder. Goodness gracious. Oh, 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 what is this new appendage that you've graced my face with? I almost died, Venus. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. It was sorry. incredible. Uh, I, almost, I got shot with a cannon. Oh, God. Um, and and it took my arm off. It was just, we were all breathing pink mist for a minute. Oh. And Remy ate a guy and Beta saved my life. And then uh, Marcus, Marcus, uh, Marcus says the reason we got out of there alive, I think. It's been tough without you, man. Oh, put her there. 
Oh, well, and he gives, and Venus gives him another big hug. Well, I'm, at least you're all still alive. I, I had many worries about not being there to help. Um, we had some time difficulties and, and things happen, but I'm glad that we're all together now. So we're Why calling did you them, vanish? We're calling them time difficulties now? Yeah, what? <laughs> I had to lay unconscious the whole day while they put the socket and the, the bug arm on me. <sighs> yes, you disappeared from the beach. Beta slowly is walking up to Venus very slowly and stops like inches from his face and says, where were you? Beta, what is this? How did did your quartering go? What? Uh, Remy runs up and and pulls Beta back. Don't do it, Beta. It's not worth it. He's not worth it. (laughs) Quartering? What? You think we were going around having fun and games at festivals? We were looking for you. Well, I, I couldn't come back. I, I just have to tell you that the way things unfolded in time required a few wrinkles. And the best I could do to keep us all safe was to stay here with Zashdano. I hope that my absence wasn't too much of an inconvenience. And it looks like it, it was. And I apologize for that. Hold up a minute. Beta was in the quartering? Um, would we know about the quartering? I mean, from yes. town, yeah. Yeah, okay. the man, yeah. the man Just, at the front, at, yeah, at the border would have had, you would have had roughly the same conversation, and there still would have been a bunch of people around, and yeah. Well, no, I was, I was inquiring about what happened with the quartering. I, it could have gone any number of ways. Hold on, I back was, up, back up, back up. You yes? said time difficulties. What exactly in your perception happened? Zestino, who has been watching this reunion from afar, realizing that she does not have a part in this and that she should let these friends see one another for the first time in a couple days after what have apparently been some harrowing events, um, arguably on either side. Uh, has taken a seat at her at her writing desk at her work desk and uh when uh, you ask sort of what they mean by time difficulties uh, what venos means by time difficulties she stands up and uh, and she says and she walks over to venos kind of pats him on the shoulder looks up at him uh, cuz he's much taller than she is and uh and she says your uh your friend venos disrupted causality to save my life well next time leave a note <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat that logic. Really cannot beat that logic. <laughs> Venus, 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 Venus. You made a change in time. Well, I, <laughs> who did what? <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? What matters is none of us could tell anyone about it. Let's promise that to each other now. So you're not okay? going to tell us what happened in the other in the other timeline, the one that you disrupted. The timeline I disrupted doesn't exist and never existed. Okay. Is this a Wait, weird way? What? Is this a weird way of saying y'all have just been doing it this whole time? Is this like a <laughs> No, this isn't me covering up for us doing it. I don't right? know. The smell well, in this apartment is that of a dead body, not of two days of coitus. You coitus. disappear for two days. I <laughs> uh, call out to the universe, risking my fucking brain, blast mm-hmm. the door open, and you're just here and it smells bad. <laughs> I was worried. Oh, hold me back. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, uh, Otis, yeah, Otis trying to hold you back. The arm is literally going backwards behind you. 
<laughs> Honestly, all of you, I'm glad that you're relatively safe and unharmed. I can only tell you that there are much, 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 much worse things that could have happened doing what I felt I had to do at that time. Um, it sounds like you met those pirates and you handled them and even grew a bit. He winks at Marcus from I that liked experience. Marcus before. Well, I did too, but I, I also like him like this. Marcus um, has arms crossed and spits on the ground. Now he's like us. That's fucked up. Oh, Zestino, Zestino looks at Marcus like, who's this punk? I, you know, of course this was going to happen to Marcus eventually, right? Do you want to know how it happened? Mm-hmm. Marcus, tell him. It was brutal. I loved uh, it. I had, I had no choice. I had no choice. I was hiding in the footwell of the Ambalier, and uh, I heard the cannon go off, and Oat was just on the floor in a pool of blood. I had to do something. So I grabbed the uh, the sheet, the metallic sheet that that got covered over over the ambulier, and uh, ran at the Mulrook, uh, in, in, enveloping him like a like a little cigar, and tackled mm. him and beat him with my bare hands. Oh goodness gracious, Mercus! It was wow. so bloody. And now Mercus, I don't know if <laughs> Mercus has like a a torn piece of fabric tied around his <laughs> his forehead like Rambo. Oh my goodness gracious, Mercus! Wow, you you really have grown quite a good deal. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to do that, but I can only tell you that that, that Mulric was only had murder in his heart. He tried to kill me once before in the past at the, at the same time. Okay, look, I don't understand the 20% of what is going on here, but can we just have this lady sign the paperwork and then go home? Well, I'm afraid, Oat, it's, it's more complicated than that. Um, there is a chance uh, even... I, that sucks. <laughs> yes, well, Oat, I understand it sucks, okay? We've been living here for two days with a dead body, all right? I'm sure it doesn't smell Oh, I'm smell sorry. Good. Have you had to stay inside for two days? <laughs> okay, you're right. That's fair. <laughs> the arm that's, is going... <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. I'm looking at your arm now, and I understand that that's, that's definitely fair, and I apologize. I don't, I don't hate it. I love having a weight on this. Actually, there's a lot of cool stuff about it, too. And, you know, like it, once I get control of it, like it looks sexy, like I look like I'm cool. <laughs> but like, you know, maybe I would have preferred to stay in a room for two days. Let's just let her sign the paperwork and then we can go home. Well, now that it's out, I'll just say that the only other thing that the only alternative was just Donna would have been dead and we would have been possibly framed for the crime of her murder. Hold on. Donna? Sash Dano. Oh, they have a nickname for each other. <laughs> There's a pet yeah. name. I heard a pet name. Okay, that's enough of that. All right. We oh, had. Oh, no, it's not even enough. You they just coined us. You, they you, just left our, did. you didn't just disappear. You left our timeline. <laughs> Beta yes. is once again up to Venus's face and said, you got a girlfriend? <laughs> oh, Beta. Oh, Mercus is restraining Beta now. Zestino is, as you are re-arriving at the romance <laughs> subplot, uh, she is laughing and shaking her head like, this is ridiculous. And she looks at all at you and she says, friends, he is not my type. <laughs> not even once. We have there was a dead body. That's sexy. That isn't sexy <laughs> to anyone but you. Wait a minute. Okay, Remy. Whoa, Remy. <laughs> the Remy, energy that's not has sexy shifted to... in the room. <laughs> oh, I uh... felt it too, Oat. <laughs> yeah. What did you do with a dead guy anyway? Why does it still smell so fucking bad in here? It's a dead guy, all right? Everybody else yeah, thinks it smells bad. Yeah, but where is he? I, don't, I see a blood stain. We shoved him in a quarter and covered him with some coats, okay? <laughs> we were tired of looking at him. Sessiona puts her arms up and says, 
and says, okay, just to be clear, I, I assume that you are here because of the trade deal. Yes. I have been holding up. And when you say she should sign it and you can go home, mm -hmm. what you are referring to is this trade deal. And she holds up mm -hmm. a stack of papers from her desk that Venus, you have flipped through, you know, well, and she says, what I can tell you for sure is that I'm not signing this. I was not going to sign it before. I'm definitely not going to sign it now that it seems like someone is trying to kill me. I'm not going to tell you all what to do with your lives. If you want to leave here and you want to wash your hands of this, that's fine. But I want to know why someone wanted me dead for a trade contract that, yes, I was providing some, you know, difficulty in having it progress, but there are a lot of other ways they could have done this. So there's something that they're trying to do. I don't know what it is. If you want to help me try to figure out figure it out that would be great but if you don't i understand um my friends you know um i i think the saffron anak said he was gonna do some really bad stuff if you didn't get her to sign the paperwork or whatever well technically you only ask us for information we didn't have to have Wasn't the deal there an implied threat oh, oh yeah. definitely yes. there was oh, an implied yeah, threat. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely an implied threat but I, my understanding of it was we were supposed to find out why she wasn't signing the papers not necessarily deliver him to sign paperwork Oh, okay. Okay, so, so, Dono. <laughs> so, Venos has absolutely made it clear what our position in this is and why we can't just let it go, right? You've been here two days. He's presumably told you what was going on. Uh, he let me know that you have effectively been blackmailed, as I understand, the by yeah. the Saffron Anox. Yes, I, that is, and that is why you were sent here to find out what was going on with me, but that you were in another timeline that I know that you have not experienced. So it's, it's hard for, uh, hard for me to, um, convince you that this is important. You might not have a, a strong reaction to this, but, uh, in an, another timeline you came and I was dead to me. That sounds like you've been set up twice. Hmm. The double setup. And yes. if, if I were you and I'm not so fair is fair, I would want to know who put a target on my back. Maybe twice. I mean, yes. look, I for personally, I don't care which way this goes. I'm just happy to be here. This has been fun. Uh, I, You know, if it's going to get a little freaky, if we're going to do some detective work, I'm into it. If you want to just murder her and get back to the spin thing, I'm down for that, too. But just let me know what we're doing. I just want to say from the GMing perspective, all of these are viable options. You, you could <laughs> you could just kill Zeshtino <laughs> now that you've met her. Uh, you could just leave. <laughs> Uh, Mergus has been contemplating like a serious Sean Connery face and uh, pulls the letter out from a pocket. It says, uh, this arrived for you. Uh, and before he offers it to her, he says, paperwork. It looks like so far on this trip, we've disobeyed paperwork. How do we get out of this, everyone? I mean, like I said, we could murder her. We could also murder the people who were trying to murder her. We could also go back to the Saffron and Knox and try and murder him. I feel like there's going to be a murder. And, you know, it could beta. What do you think? I mean, this could go either way. I personally, we're already here. She's alive. I feels like inconvenient to make her dead. And I'm kind of interested. <laughs> no one else about... is thinking that we should murder her. All right. So you could just remove that just from your table. I'm all the possibilities. <laughs> but... <clears throat> It seems like we are getting set up, so we might want to explore that. Wait, how are we getting set up? As if in answer, the front door of the apartment <gasps> rockets open, just gets 
pushed in violently. It clatters against the wall, and you can see the top hinge even separates a little bit. Like the door had already been blown open. Yeah, I know, but it's okay. but like but Mercus had had <laughs> pressed it shut, okay. right? Right. Yep. Did I understand that correctly? Sure. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So now, so now the door it's has like, been double molested. <laughs> yes. <laughs> twice baked. Double twice baked. It is a twice baked door. Yes. Um, and uh, three Nolastrian guards come in, and you recognize their dress from having seen them when you went through the checkpoint entering Nolaster. There is a human. A mole rook, and in the front, a Hannah, which I don't think you all have seen yet. Uh, they're exceedingly rare. A Hannah is a kind of semi indestructible, sapient, ceramic clockwork murder robot uh-huh. made, made 10,000 years ago by nobody knows. <laughs> of course. There seems to be a finite number of them, and they show up every once in a while, and they are all canonically insane. <laughs> <laughs> the Hannah is up front. She has a laser pistol drawn, and the two behind her have uh, clank rifles leveled. They enter very quickly. The Mulruk shuts the door again behind him. <laughs> Their guns stay up, and the Hannah asks, Someone from the company called the report in. There is apparently a missing fighter murdered here. Does anyone know anything about that? Uh, oh, that's how we're getting set up. I, I, I'm not armed! And Oat, <laughs> Oat's left hand goes up, and his right hand goes right down to the floor. are now leaving Float City. Thanks for listening. If you like the show and you want to help us keep making it, head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. Five bucks a month gets you access to a whole other show we do called Fun Chatty. It gets you access to our rad as heck discord full of very smart, very nice, very weird nerds. It gets you access to music playlists and more. It is a wild deal. You know you wanna get on in here. Patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keep Keeping this ship afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and I play Remy Tester on Float City. You can find me online on Twitter at Bijan Steven, B I J A N S T E P H E N, on Twitch at the same name, and on Instagram at Bijan Cakes. B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Mercus Imeldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwiches. That's the word sandwiches, but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Shodell. Hello, this is Nick Gersio, and I play Lux on Fun City and Venus on Float City. You can find me at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter and in Gersio on Instagram. You spell Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. 
You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Still Fleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Pixel Riffs, come hither and see the opening morn. Image of truth, newborn. Doubt is fled, and clouds of reason. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>